Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It is now time for our weekly visit. Our good buddy Kevin Holton from CBS 58 uh, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Kevin, how you doing, buddy? It's good. It's it's a little misleading, though. I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> it looks very nice outside. Uh, and, and, of course, I because I sleep uh, until the early afternoon, I missed any kind of the snow stuff. So it looks like it's 70 out there. So I opened the door. I'm in shorts and whatever, and, and so now I can't feel anything from the knees down. Other than that, it's fine. <laughs> uh, two things. First of all, you're not feeling anything from the knees down. You're good. That means you can't damage anything. And then secondly, I know you're not going to do, uh, you know, you're probably not heading into the studios, but if you do any social distancing, you have my permission to break that rule and go kick Drew Burgoyne because getting snow early on uh, on May 8th is, is not, not, not that good. So. <laughs> Well, seriously, this this happened a couple of days ago. Uh, there was a meeting. You know, you have your meetings about how to set a show up, and, uh, and and Bill Walsh, our anchor, said, "Look, we have enough bad news right now. Can we just not run Drew in the show tonight? Just no right. weather. Just, just don't have it." And uh, they they said no. But I like that idea. Uh, so now the schedule's out. You tell me, uh, I went, I mean, everybody does the preliminary, this is what I feel their schedule is going to be as far as wins and losses go. And it goes anywhere from 10 and six to 12 and four. Uh, but, uh, it actually, when you look at it, as far as the upper Midwest goes, when it comes to travel, it's not bad for the Packers in the latter portion of the season, is it? No, it, it all is, is concentrated in a four week stretch, really like a 17 or 18 day stretch where they go to Tampa, and then they go to Houston, and then after playing a game at home, they turn around and have to go to San Francisco on a Thursday. That was brutal, that San Francisco game, on the part of the NFL to make them turn around after a Sunday and then play a Thursday in San Francisco in the place that's been bad to them so much uh, you know, in the last year or so. So that one was brutal. But literally, after that game, after the San Francisco game, and you reach the halfway mark of the season, uh, they don't leave the, the region. They go to Indy, they go to Detroit, they go to Chicago, and the rest of those games are at home. You've got four games at home after Thanksgiving, which to me is always that cut where the the temperatures seem to drop by 30 degrees once you get to the other side of Thanksgiving. So anybody that comes in, Tennessee that comes in, uh, they're going to have a lot of trouble in the in the temperatures. This, to me, this plays out very favorably for the Packers. I see 13-3 and three on that schedule. 12 and four if they have some stumbles on the road, uh, but I think this is this is going to be very much what a Mike McCarthy Packers team would do back in the day, which is five and three in the first half and eight no in the second half because that after the halfway point of the season that plays in their favor in a huge role. So let me ask you this: when you say thirteen and three, okay, 
I've got them early on. I don't know how good Minnesota is going to be, but it's tough. If you have fans in the stands, U.S. Bank is not the easiest place to go into and play. So I had a loss there. I had them beating the Lions. I had them losing at New Orleans, beating the Falcons, then the bye week. Tampa Bay, I that that's going to be a tough game. I don't see them winning there. I do see them beating Houston. And then after that, they, they get on a little bit of a roll once they get out of San Francisco. So you tell me where the other – uh, where the other win that I'm not guessing correctly is. I, so I, I think it's a loss in San Francisco. I think it's a loss in New Orleans. That's a that's a tough situation for them too. And the third one could be it could be Tampa. It could be Houston. Uh, I, I I think you, you you raise a good point that Minnesota might be in there. That's you know maybe it's two of those and it becomes twelve and four. I still think they they take care of business against Minnesota just because the adrenaline is going to be there. Uh, to play a, a game that big in the division to start the year, uh, and so that that's it. I think the rest of them are, are wins. I think I think they could run the table at home. Uh, they could they could go eight zero at, at Lambeau Field, and they were not that far off from that last year. Uh, the Eagles were the only team to to sort of throw a, a wrench into that. So they, I, I think, at home they're going to be fine. That San Francisco and New Orleans are the two that to me are going to be the, the toughest ones and the ones that, that seem like. Uh, I won't call them obvious losses, but they're, they're going to be tougher ones to win. Yeah, Philadelphia last year, we should have taken more notice of that loss, even though they had a shot at winning that game at the end of the season. Because to me, that was the game that kind of set it up to say, oh, by the way, they're going to have some trouble stopping the run. If you got a decent run game and some good blocking up front, you're going to be able to move the ball quite well against this team. And we didn't pay enough attention to that, and sometimes we should. So now the next question becomes, who is on their heels in the division? Is it still Minnesota, or has Minnesota lost so much and relying on so many rookies, as many people say? Has the defense grown exponentially in, in Chicago, and they've got an, an additional pass rush now opposite Khalil Mack, and they're going to put pressure on quarterbacks, and they're a top-five defense. Or is it surprisingly the Lions, who many people seem to feel have taken a step in the right direction? I think the Lions have taken a little step forward, but I, I think if there's a challenger here, it's Minnesota. And and here's what I think: if you're a Vikings fan, I think the first four, five, six weeks of the season are absolutely crucial because of all the new pieces, everybody that you mentioned, all of the new parts coming in that need to start working together. It is going to be more difficult for a team this fall with a lot of new parts, to gel early. They're, they're working, they're doing their virtual meetings, they're learning. It's not like everybody's just sitting at home. But to get the guys together, to have them in a room together, to have them on a practice field together, there isn't a whole lot that can replace that in my mind. So I think the first four or five or six weeks for the, for the Vikings will be a tough test. It may take a little time for that group to come together. If they come out of the first six games, four and two, Look out for them. They're going to be, uh, you know, a dangerous group. I think, uh, you know, as the year goes on. Once that group gels, they will get tougher. Uh, so I'm kind of happy that the Packers get them in Week One because I think they'll be tougher in Week Six or Seven and beyond. Talking with Kevin Holden from CBS 58. Now that all the dust is settled regarding Jordan Love, um, you know, some say, look, hey, the Packers did what they needed to do. Their wide receivers weren't there. Jordan Love was. Now they've got a legitimate backup. Should Aaron Rodgers go down? Uh, they tried to fortify the depth. Uh, all bright side stuff. Now that you've had a chance to absorb it, do you think the Packers are a better football team because they now have depth, not necessarily frontline starters? I think the 2023, 2024 Packers and beyond are better for it. And 
and that's the job of a general manager. That's the, the toughest thing that, that Brian Gutekind has to do is to know that you have to replenish that cycle, that you have to go from, you know, when you went from Favre to Rodgers, you have to go from Rodgers to someone at some point. And the seeds are sown for that years in advance. And it's extremely difficult because there are a few places in the NFL where the pressure is on you to make the one or two selections to get you to win right now every single year. I've, I've, not, I've been here 11 years, and there has not been a year where fans haven't thought we're that close. Maybe the end of the Mike McCarthy era. But pretty much every year there's that thought of if you draft X, then you will become you know, the, the NFC championship contender. And it's every year. And Brian Gutekind is the one guy that has to balance this year with a year down the line. So somewhere in there, he has to find a year to draft that guy, the, the one that's uh, going to be your next quarterback. He has to find a way to, to steal a first-round pick, essentially, and, and draft that person. He chose this year. I think partially because his guy fell to him and partially because there's a lot of unknowns right now. And even though the Packers could use a receiver, he has a chance for some young guys to grow in that category. So it's uh, having absorbed it, I'm still all right with it. I think uh, if Jordan Love had been available to them next year, if they could have been assured of that, he would have done it without a question. It's just he had his guy this year, so he did it. Uh, I want to switch over to baseball because we had had Craig Council on and talked to him yesterday. We played that back today. Uh, and and w- when you talk about trying to recreate the chemistry, trying to get that feel back, uh, it's it, to, to me as a fan right now, just as a fan, it's a little awkward to say, okay, here comes baseball. Because we've been without it for so long, there was such a there's always such a build up to opening day, and that build up seems to have completely evaporated. Now, when baseball is ready to come back, I'm sure there's going to be a, a very quick crescendo. But the build up to opening day, the tradition of opening day, is now gone. Um, and, and Craig Council says, "Look, it's going to be difficult to get it back to where it was when we broke camp because of the coronavirus." So you tell me how weird it's going to be or what it's going to feel like hopefully in the next month when we get the abbreviated spring training and then they come up with some type of schedule that's going to allow them to play baseball. Yeah, it's, you hit it on the head, which is there's going to be this initial surge of excitement. Baseball is back and this will be a return to normalcy. But the thing that, that early in the year, the thing about baseball that, that makes it such a, a romantic thing for sports fans is that it signals the eventual end of the cold. And, the, you know, they call them the boys of summer for a reason, right? I mean, this is the, the coming of baseball means the coming of better weather, of barbecues, of outdoor time together, going, you know, down to the lake, going to Summerfest, all of that stuff. None of that exists right now. None of that is, is there, one, because it's 33 degrees every other day. But, but beyond that, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> we have no... Uh, no ability to get together in any more than just a few people uh, as far as, you know, the social distancing thing. So that will be the toughest part. An opening day with no tailgating, is it's not an opening day to me. And that's, that is going to be the tougher part of it is that if you, if you don't have fans in the stands, it'll be back, and I'll be super happy that it's back. But uh, it's, it's literally – it'll be a thing to watch on television, but the experience of the game is going to be completely different. Um, real quick before I let you go, so when do you think baseball is back? I think 
the, so there were a couple of uh, reports floating around that they would do a, an abbreviated spring training. They'd start maybe June 10th-ish with that, and then they would start the regular season right at July 4th. I think baseball, if they feel comfortable with what's ahead, they want to be playing on July 4th. Baseball wants to attach itself to one of these summer dates. They're not going to get Memorial Day. It's too quick. So I, I would put my money right now on a July 1st-ish opening day. So they're playing on July 4th. I think, I think they get close to 100 games in, uh, you know, barring any kind of re-shutdown of, uh, of the, you know, society of that sort of thing. And I think the playoffs go maybe a little later. I think you could have another Mr. November situation like you had uh, 20 years ago with Derek Jeter. But, uh, yeah, I'd call it July 1st, and maybe by then I can go outside without losing feeling and, and extremity. Always good to talk to you, my friend, and uh, hopefully you guys continue to stay safe. Uh, go ahead and beat up on Drew Burgoyne, and then you and I will reconvene here next week, okay? Yeah, I, I, trust me. I, I'm uh, I'm going to be the first person to ever reach through a Zoom conference and get a good lick on Drew Burgoyne. There you go. There you go. Yeah, go ahead and give him one. Choking by the tie. Good stuff, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Bill. Okay, there you go. Kevin Holden, CBS 58, joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair 80-plus years. They've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.